Hello, everyone, and thank you again for this opportunity to give you another podcast. I, I want to, first of all, say thank you, a really deep thank you to all the people who have been really supportive of this podcast with your donations and uh, also listening and subscribing to it. It's really great encouragement to see uh, the effect and, and uh, support of people. Uh, I re- so, again, I really support everyone's monetary support in, in making this happen. Of course, all of those donations will go towards helping other great uh, things that we use in order to help teach and spread Buddhism. So, again, thank you uh, very much with Gosho. So, today I wanted to talk as a continuation of actually the the second to last one about the idea of the way of self-training. Today I want to talk about that the idea that the three treasures, uh, the loss of the three treasures in Buddhism, and this is talking about not Buddhism in the general, in the old sense, in the traditional sense. I'm talking about Buddhism in the in the modern sense. So Buddhism, and, and again, I'm a first generation Buddhist, so Buddhism was a choice for me uh, to practice and study. So I wasn't looking at simply having a belief system or something that uh, I could just say that I was an identity marker or anything like that. Actually, I wanted to understand Buddhism because of the example, exemplified way of life of the Buddha. So, as explained before in the, in the previous one, there is an idea of the true way and an expedient way. We especially see this in the Lotus Sutra. Uh, this is, uh, the Buddha teaches us what an expedient way, uh, by upaya or skillful means, uh, in order to lead people to the truth or the, the true mind of the Buddha. Uh, that is found in chapter 16 of the Lotus Sutra. So we, as practitioners and as guides, and also in in learning Buddhism, it's important to understand the structure, that beginners are usually taught the expedient way. Uh, That is based on their capacities and understanding. So if, if somebody was to teach you the absolute, and we see this through the Buddha's own disciples, why did the Buddha teach all of those other teachings prior to the Lotus Sutra, which is said to reveal the true mind of the Buddha? That if they, if if the Buddha had taught them all at once just the truth, they would and did find it difficult to understand, and then they wouldn't practice it. So, as you see in the Lotus Sutra, a lot of people uh, there is a great part where a lot of the disciples just get up and leave when the Buddha says you have more to learn, uh, because they they didn't want to hear that they had more to learn. They wanted to believe that they understood things uh, wholeheartedly and that their attainment of being able to overcome life and death was the true meaning of the Buddha. But yet, the Buddha in the Lotus Sutra, the Eternal Buddha, says that those were only expedients to lead them to the truth. So, so it's the actual practice of Buddhism is divided into parts and taught. But since it has taught in the parts, usually as an expedient, a situation was created in which people tend to forget the whole. And actually, that's the reason why the Lotus Sutra was designed, people think, uh, is because all these uh, schools were so uh, disconnected, disjoint. I mean, even a lot of teachings didn't seem to fit uh, that actually the Lotus Sutra itself was the teaching that brought them all together in the idea of the one vehicle, and also the true intention of the Buddha, the true mind of the Buddha, the true essence 
rather than the technique, the true essence. That is what the Buddha shared with us in the Lotus Sutra. So man has a tendency just to remember only things that they feel interested in and then tend to reject the rest. This is what happens in Buddhism. I mean, usually we're led to Buddhism by something we're interested in. But actually, in Buddhism, it's supposed to get to a point where we go beyond the idea of self and its self-interest, you know, that we are able to then develop the idea of compassion, that we do it more for the idea of saving all sentient beings, the true idea of the Buddha, rather than just for ourself. Um, So Buddhism is meant to go beyond that uh, restrictive or expediential teaching. But as you saw, and, and it is in the Lotus Sutra, even the Buddha's disciples, when he told them the true meaning, even though they asked, and he said, well, you're not, it's not time yet. But they asked three times, and then the Buddha revealed his true self, and they rejected it, a lot of them. But and then later in the sutra, they return. But uh, I believe it was probably a hard pill to swallow, just like anything uh, that we uh, don't develop beyond the self, because then the self is no longer interested. That's one of the issues with Buddhism, is that you know Buddhism will uh, give you this forever-ending, uh, never-ending uh, teaching that's for your whole life. But again, there's a lot of things in our life that we may not be interested in. But it's not about interest, it's about uh, responsibility, it's about being a human being. Uh, so a lot of the mundane things that we think about, we may not be interested in, but Buddhism teaches us through mindfulness to be interested, to be aware of it. And then that's where the real teachings are found and our true mind. So studying a part and becoming imbued with the idea that the part is the whole is unfortunately the state of our contemporary Buddhist denominations. So we see this, a bunch of parts that believe they're the whole. That is why the Lotus Sutra is so amazing, because it's the Akayana, the, the, the big vehicle that the Buddha says in chapter 2 that there are not two or three vehicles. There's only one vehicle. That's the vehicle of the Buddha, which, of course, is big enough to take in other teachings as well, that we're all working towards this enlightenment. And that the, the vehicle of the Lotus Sutra is big enough to encompass all beings uh, and understand through skillful means, understanding their state of mind, and where they are being in the other person's shoes. A lot of traditions can't do that. But when we see that in the idea of where most contemporary Buddhist Buddhism has come into this idea of denominations it is rather challenging. Now, people will say, well, you know, Nietzsche and Shonen was very specific. Uh, and But Nietzsche and Shonen was talking about the truth. And that truth was not Nietzsche and Shonen's opinion. That was the truth of the Lotus Sutra which is the idea of the true mind of the Buddha, which through expedient ways, as he explains in chapter two, those ways, just like if you're on a boat and uh, you get to the shore, you no longer pull the boat with you on shore. It becomes a burden. But instead, you now use your legs and walk. Uh, That's the idea of when we meet the Lotus Sutra. Hopefully, we have a wonderful opportunity that when we meet the Lotus Sutra, we see what it is. We find faith in it. And through that faith, we develop zeal and also energy uh, and, and patience uh, to study and learn it so that we have a correct meditation. 
If Buddhists had followed the real Buddha's spirit of the middle way and not forgotten to learn the whole, which is the Buddha's true mind, the present confrontations that we see uh, in Buddhism would not occur. In the future, Buddhists must, in a way, have a bigger mind beyond the denominations. And, of course, this is what it is. That's why the great thing is I wasn't born into a denomination. I'm a Buddhist. And so, therefore, we return to the original, united, harmonious Sangha or community. So, if we do not, we cannot say that we have faith in the Buddha. That's very important to know, that uh, we are all one Sangha. Though the straight, great stress is laid on the importance of embracing the three treasures, as we know the three treasures that we take refuge in is the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. If this is the case that we, even the idea of community, where is the harmonious Sangha in that? We have people's Buddhas. They all have different ideas and emanations of the eternal Buddha. It's another thing about the Lotus Sutra. All the Buddhas are just emanations of the eternal Buddha. There is only one mind of the eternal Buddha. That is explained in chapter 16. And then actually all other things are simple manifestations of that. So, the slogan that, that people use, especially the idea that we convert or we take refuge in the three treasures, involves sometimes in their idea of grave misrepresentation. This is because sometimes they have forgotten, and this is what the Lotus Sutra remedies, that they've forgotten how to distinguish between expedient teachings and complete teachings. And today Buddhists have become, in this respect, they, they actually say almost uh, morally atrophied. So their, their muscles in that have become weak. Uh, they're unable to function and carry the idea of a universal sangha. The expedient way is not bad. So when we think of expedience, it's not bad. It's an important, essential part of the wisdom of Buddhism. Just as it's not bad to have elementary school before high school. It's a natural process. But if an elementary school teacher should announce to the, their students, do not go on to high school, that would be a problem. So the majority of religious teachers and professionals make this common mistake. That's why it's really important in our practice, as I said, to raise high the banner of flexibility of mind and body. This is embodied in the true manifestation, experiential Buddhism. In that, we can understand clearly through our own lives what is an expedient teaching and what is the true mind of the Buddha. That is encapsulated in the simple phrase, Namu Myoho Renge Kyo. If people belonging to all the different denominations or sects or even religions cultivated this flexible mind, I call it the big mind in Buddhism, and learn to understand the good points and teachings that are seen in other religions and even other denominations, these ugly factions would disappear. But a lot of people say, well, what about Nietzsche and Shonen? It's interesting. People, in a way, have a misunderstanding of Nietzsche and Shonen, I believe. 
Nichiren Shonen did that for the sake of Buddhism. So therefore, he challenged the institutions, these very sects of Buddhism, these expediential teachings, that in their way compromised the true teaching of the Lotus Sutra. That's why the Nichiren Shonen says very humbly, which is not how people look at him as being a humble person, that these are not my words, these are the words of the Buddha. So with his whole life, with his whole understanding, he really had correct faith in the Lotus Sutra. And also, having this big mind of the Lotus Sutra and being able to see the good points in other groups and in the other people with respect, this will definitely bring us towards the goal of Buddhahood so much faster. As I have said to Buddhism, my, it said to people about Buddhism, Buddhism to me is the freedom to go anywhere. Because also, Buddhism is constantly reassuring and being re-understood that it is the greatest teaching. I don't have to pretend or tell other people that. I understand that in my life. And if people see that, then people are motivated and understand it in their life. Sometimes it takes a good guide to exemplify it, like Nichiren Shonen or the Buddha, to see that it's possible. And when that spark of bodhicitta is, is, is the flame, that spark turns into a flame of aspiring for this truth, we can go beyond our small selves and have a big mind. So therefore, when we study Buddhism, let us try to find the mind and understand the mind of the Lotus Sutra. In that, we may reveal our own small mind. But when we grow the bigger mind, we can incorporate and understand anything. A great teaching I was talking about with people before was that one time I was in the temple and even another sect of Buddhism, they had a memorial service. And they asked me, because they weren't a member of the temple, they did Japanese calligraphy at the temple and their family was Zen Buddhist. And they asked me, would I be able to do the memorial service? And the congregation immediately answered for me, no, he cannot, because you are not a Nichiren Buddhist. But actually, I'm lucky my teacher was there for such a great teaching. That he said, actually, because we follow the Lotus Sutra, we can support anyone. We can take care of any Buddhism, any tradition. That big mind was indeed impressive, because the people who claimed to have followed the Lotus Sutra and upheld the Daimoku did not understand the true essence of the Buddha. So therefore it wasn't exemplified in their life, their practice, or their mind. So let us develop a flexible mind rather than a small mind. And the big mind that is able to see things as they are, Nichiren Shonen states, if you understand the Dharma, the true mind of the Buddha, as contained in the Lotus Sutra, you can understand the reasons for the occurrences of the world, cause and effects. Then you also can know what are the remedies, what are the teachings that need to be done, what needs to be given, what is the medicine, how do we convert the poison into medicine. And, in the true nature of Buddhism, doing it with all beings. Therefore, as we see in the four uh, vows at the end of service, I vow to save all sentient beings, however numerous they may be. 
That is recited by the priest because that is not the priest. That is the Buddha's vow. That is the Buddha's message, which when we naturally practice Buddhism, especially the Buddhism of the Lotus Sutra, we gain the big mind, the flexible mind, that is able to help and truly save all sentient beings. So please, I hope you take this into your life and, and be aware of opening your mind, having a flexible mind, which is found in our practice. That actually, as Master Tiantai states, you should see Buddhism manifested in your life. So if you are dislike other people, if you have likes and dislikes, and therefore you like or dislike people, you should look towards your practice of Buddhism. Look towards your guide. Look towards the teaching. Because that is the only way we can grow our mind. We cannot grow our mind with ego or desire. We can only do it with true energy, true patience, true meditation. That is why I hope all of you will have the freedom of what the Buddha shares with us, of a true flexible big mind. And therefore we can unite all the practitioners in the world into this understanding of Buddha nature, however they express it, however they understand it. But we are able to see it through the eyes of the Buddha, the Buddha nature that we have. So let us express in ourselves every moment of every day. Namu myoho kyo Thank you very much, and I look forward to our next lecture. Have a good day.